Welcome to SelfDiscoveryWisdom.com, formerly known as Self-Discovery Media. On these podcasts, you're going to hear people who speak from the heart. They've taken the journey in life. Many things have happened to them, but they've changed it to happening for them. And in their strength, their courage, they've discovered their abilities and their wisdom, and they are now sharing it here with you. Do enjoy each show. We bring it to you with love and knowing that it's going to help you on your journey of life. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living right here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy. My wonderful guest is Italia Tomberni. And she has... She has written a couple of books that we're going to be talking about today. Today, You know, one is The Easy Investing, A Beginner's Guide to Financial Growth, and we'll find out why she wrote that. But the latest one, soon to be out any moment now, is Suits to Silhouettes, An Unconventional Journey of Triumph and Empowerment. Well, something we really like to hear, isn't it? Especially here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. We like to hear about that empowerment, that self-discovery to who we really are, what we're really here to do. She says, perhaps the Friday the widely productive, inspirational life of Italia now leads after years of setback, struggles, disillusionment, and foretold by her poetic Italian surname, which translates to good outcome or to return to well. Yet the incredible, seriously serial journey from increasing despair to powerful breakthroughs and enduring hope, she chronicles her cleverly tiled autobiography, Suits to Silhouettes, and has a trajectory... Sorry? Suits to stilettos. 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 Sorry, suits to stilettos. Yep. Yeah. Thank you for correcting <laughs> me. And as a trajectory like her, Anna. Uh, as typical single mom sacrificing to build a stable family, a life for her child might turn first in uh, first to sex worker survive, then to educate themselves and leave that lifestyle and make a so-called respectable career on the straight and narrow. While working full-time, Italia committed years of her life to getting the education part down, ultimately earning three degrees, including associate business administration management, bachelor's in legal studies, masters in criminal justice, and yet with all the longtime government employee ultimately finding her personal redemption as an exotic dancer, porn star, and high-level escort, in addition to her ongoing success as a serial entrepreneur, Italia's story is the life-affirming opposite of how female overcome and parent narratives usually go. There is no usual, is there? I mean, you know, life is, oh, we've got a beautiful Booty cat there. <laughs> they always want to get in the picture. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I have a, whenever I have my laptop open, she has to come and walk right on it or sit on it. it yes, of course. Thing. Of course. You know, this is, oh, I know your attention is going to be on the computer and I'm going to go and sit right in front of it. <laughs> yeah. That is a, a cat. And life would be so much simpler if we were a cat, but we're not. Right? <laughs> we're not. And, uh, you know, as long as we, we'd love to find somebody's lap with pampers and spoilers all the time, but that is not what what a human journey is all about. And, you know, many of us kind of take roads out of circumstances or despair or any other thing that afterwards we kind of wish, like, I just wish I hadn't taken that road. But instead of going, I wish I didn't, it's look up, but what did I gain from it? What did I learn from it? How is it empowering me to walk forward? So you've clearly had that path, my dear. Lots of mountains to climb and probably a yeah. few to fall down on. <laughs> yeah. there, you know, there was times in my life when 
I regretted decisions that I made. And then here I am at 37 years old with no regrets. I'm like, I have no regrets because I had a great journey and I don't regret anything that happened along the way or any decision that I made because I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I wouldn't have been able to write that book. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I'm grateful, very grateful for every, every struggle I went through. 37 young. I mean, you know, I'm 69, still learning, still redirecting. And that's what life is all about. You know, I look back on my life. I've just done my memoir as well. And I look back on my life and I go, God, what made me make that decision? Why did I go down that road? And the thing is, we can't kind of sit in those moments. We do need to reflect. We do need to look at what where were we at that time that made us make those decisions right. but, but at the same time we can't stay there and beat ourselves up we have to just give ourselves a hug and go you did what you did at the time based on what you knew right. what do we learn from it how do we move, and move on yeah. how did you did you find that difficult at all I did until, uh, until I got older I really did I was I would beat myself up over a lot of things and then everything ended up turning out exactly how I wanted it or even better. Mm-hmm. And I realized, you know, you just got to press, trust the process and enjoy the journey, enjoy the ride and, and learn lessons along the way and, and take every, every decision that you've made and every obstacle in life and take the good out of that. So what did you learn from that and how can it help you grow? And I just kept evolving and evolving based off of that. But that again comes down to the title of the show, Choose Positive Living. That's a choice. You made that choice. So many people that go down, you know, the the one road you went down and it's a downward spiral they never come out of. You made a choice uh, that, okay, this isn't for me. Um, Did they come to you in forms of epiphany? You know, was it a realization? How, How did they knock on your door? (laughs) <laughs> Great question. In the very beginning, um, I had my son. My son was the driving force for everything. I couldn't give up. There was I didn't have an opportunity to give up. Um, I didn't have I didn't come from a rich family. Mm-hmm. And they kind of disowned me because I was the first one in my family to have a child so young and get pregnant. And I think I was the one at the time with the brightest future. I had straight A's. I was on a trajectory of, you know, I graduated at 16 and this was before I got pregnant. So, you know, I ended up graduating and getting pregnant all at the same time, but it was kind of like, okay, now she's going to be a nothing, you know, and I Mm. was on the welfare system and I think my family just kind of gave up on me. And, um, you know, my son's father was extremely abusive and I kept going back to him and kept going back to him. And so my family was like, we give up, you know? And, uh, I, but I couldn't give up. I couldn't give up on myself because of my son. And, um, I never, I also never chose drugs or alcohol. And I think that had a big, uh, a big factor in it because I always try to keep my head straight and be an example for my son, no matter what kind of rut we were in financially, you know? Um, but after that, I became very spiritual about, I would say four years ago, I, I died, literally died. And I went down this spiritual path of manifesting and, um, meditating and prayer. And it really, really helped me. And it helped me let go of things that weren't meant to be instead of fighting it and trying to make things work that weren't supposed to be. And that really helped me a lot. I wish, I wish I would have known what I know now oh, years ago. Yes. <laughs> we 
we all we we all do, darling. <laughs> but it took me a while to be on this spiritual journey, and I love it. And then you know, you end up meeting people that are also on the spiritual awakening, and you surround yourself by these people, and just life just gets beautiful. And now, most of the decisions I make is if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Of course, I try for everything, and if it's not meant to be, then it's not. It is what it is, and it'll be really when it's cool. meant to be. That too. Yes, yes. Yes. And you know, it might be six months from now, I'm like, wow, it circles back around and it comes to me like this, just handed to me, you know? Yeah. So I've learned to let go of things and just rely on the universe and the timing of everything. And yeah, the life a little bit less stressful. <laughs> but you know, the, the universe gives us what I call a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And then if we're not yeah. listening, it gives us a cosmic two by four. Right. Yes. So, yes. You're absolutely right. So, you know, it is like, are you paying attention now? Yes. Right. And some people need a few cosmic two by fours before they awaken. And some people go, okay, I get it. I'm, I'm, yes. I've switched channels. I'm open and ready to receive. Yes. And, and, and that beautiful divine wisdom, whether you call it God, universe, spirit, source, energy, whatever, yeah. whatever you want to call it, it is a, a beautiful, essence that is bigger than us that when we tap into that wisdom that's the reason why we call self-discovery wisdom into that wisdom allow that wisdom to come through to us and resonate in our heart and truth it gives that truth to our action our spirituality for us then to go to our mind to extract what we need to know when we need to know it and we're then in knowingness and that's such a peaceful place to be isn't it isn't it yes Yes. And, and it's hard to explain that to people or try to tell them, you know, trust the process. It's very hard. I've tried to bring people in on this journey. Cause like I said, if I would have known what I know now years ago, life would have been so much easier for me, mm-hmm. but if they don't get it, they just don't get it. They look at you like you're a wackadoodle, you know, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like, I promise you it works, meditate, manifest, you know, but yeah, it's, Mommy, it's a but great this, is, this is your journey now to be that, that inspiration that begets that invitation. So, you know, people look yeah. at the choices you've made, the life that you've gone down. And, you know, some people might, ooh, you know, put their yes. nose up at it, which I'm sure you've had plenty I get it of all judgment. The time. Mm-hmm. All the time. And, and how could you be a spiritual person? It's like, you know, someone going to jail and finding God. No, it's we find we find that God source yes. anywhere, everywhere, yes. at any time. Yes. We're ready to receive, right? And mm-hmm. and it's like uh maybe you were meant to take all those journeys for you to be that inspiration of how one can redirect one's life, how yes. we can, you know, all the degrees that you have, the two books, one book that is out, one um, that is coming out. And, you know, the trajectory that you're on now, it means so much more to you because of where you have been. And it, it makes really? you more relatable to people that have also made choices they wish they hadn't made and they had to make in desperation or, or the knowledge they had at the time. And that also for people that are in that right now, you don't have to stay there. You yes. can come out of it. Yes. Right? Yes. So I have had for a reason. Everything. I have had so many careers and I tell my son that all the time because he's so hyper-focused on, you know, oh, I want to do this or I want to do that. And I'm like, you don't have to just have one career your whole life. I said, look at me, look at all the careers I've had. You know, you have one life to live, do whatever you want with it. <laughs> Explore. You know, that's what self-discovery is about, right? Yes, yes. And somewhere along the line, you find that in a particular one, for me, 57 podcasting, and I've been doing it almost 12 years. Uh, You know, this was like an accumulation of all my life experiences and everything that I had done 
sign suddenly you, kind yeah. of being put into that. But I didn't even know what a podcast was when somebody asked me to join our network. Right? <laughs> you know, what? What's that? You know, online online radio? I don't know. You know, and it's like, oh, well, who knows? Let's just give it a try. Right? And you love and, it. Okay. Uh, I mean, totally committed to it. Totally, you know, oh. into the podcast books and everything else that we're going on now. Because when you hear other people's stories of what they've had to face, what they've had to go through, the courage, the, tr- the strength, the abilities they discover, the sheer resilience to go through the process and become who they are today is exemplary, yeah. is illuminating. How can one not get hooked on this? Yes, I agree. I agree. So, okay, you, you know, you, you stayed with the father because we do, because we think, you know, the child should have a father and, you know, and it's like, um, oh, it's not that bad because uh, we make excuses all the time. And, uh, you know, and then, and then you know, for me, it was my teenage kids saying, time for divorce, mum, this has gone too far. Um, so, you know, what was your breaking point there where, uh, no, no more? When I was about four months pregnant, you know, I was 16 when I got pregnant, 17 when I had Dominic. So um, when I was about four months pregnant is when the, uh, the abuse, I guess you would say, started. Um, I think, I think something clicked in his mind where he was like, I'm not ready to be a father yet. And as a mom, once we get pregnant, this motherly instinct kicks in and we grow up all of a sudden. I mean, within a matter of a day, it's like, I'm not living for myself anymore. It's for my child, you know? And, um, he just was not ready. He would disappear at all hours of the night, turn off his cell phone for days. His mother would ask me where's, where's, I don't want to say his name, but where's he at? You know, I'm like, I don't know. Cause we were living at his mom's house. And then, um, we got kicked out because the abuse was so bad and his mother would kept, his mother kept kicking him out and I would let him back in through the window. I loved him. You know, Mm. I, I loved him and I thought I did. And as my childhood sweetheart. And then when we got kicked out, we moved down to Los Angeles and his grandma to his grandmother's house. We were sleeping in separate rooms and he was seeing a girl already at his job and um, trying to hide it from me, but I knew something was up and I was, once I had Dominic, I was on the phone one day with my girlfriend who went off to Iraq and, uh, she, you know, when she called me, this is when we still had house phones. Okay. So when she called me, uh, I guess he was on the other line and she knew about the abuse. Cause you know, we went to high school together and she said, how's everything going with this guy? And I had told her the truth. And I said, you know, it hasn't gotten any better. In fact, it's gotten worse. And I was talking to her for about an hour on the phone. I walk inside and he heard the whole conversation And because of that, I mean, he grabbed a belt and he whooped me so bad in front of my son. And my son was, was small enough to where he can, he wasn't walking yet, but he climbed up. um, He stood up from the bed, like with his hands, you know, and he watched the whole thing and he was screaming and screaming. And he was like, mommy, no, mommy, no. And I, I waited till he left to work and I took off and never went back and I ended up at a shelter. And we were actually on Skid Row and I didn't know it was Skid Row until I went back years later to volunteer. Mm. <laughs> no clue it was Skid Row that we were on, but we went back to that same shelter years later once I had gotten my degree and did some legal work for some of the homeless people. So mm. it was very interesting to, to go back there, but that, that was my breaking point. That was definitely my breaking point. And he was absent from his, in his life ever since until, um, 
he was five years old and then intermittently back and forth. And uh, even then it wasn't really like he was full blown in his life. It was more so his mother than anybody. And now he's got three kids and he's remarried. And unfortunately my still, my son is still his last priority. Yeah. Sad. It's it's really sad, but my son is, my son and I are best friends and you know, he is, he's my everything. And he, uh, he really looks up to me and we've, we've been through a lot together. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's important for children to know that whatever breakdown in marriage or relationship is, isn't the child's fault. And that the rejection from whatever parent isn't because they've done anything. It's because of the insecurity and lack in that parent. Uh, My children have a relationship with their father. I said, your relationship with your father now is your own. It's got nothing to do with me. And they know who he is. I mean, it was never so much physical abuse as more emotional. He was a piranha. Um, And they don't put up with that. And uh, they call him the dim sum dad. Um, and you know, they see him, it's always short spurts, uh, because he just, he just can't stay there long enough, but they love him, but they also know his limitations. So they don't expect anything from him. So therefore won't be disappointed. Yes. I think that's with my son as well. Uh, when he was about 17 or 18, it was like, his dad came back into his life and everything was like, Oh, my dad, my dad, my dad. And I was just like, I was hurt because I'm like, wow, this man has never paid a penny in child support. Mm. We've been homeless multiple times. You know, we've lived in our car and all of a sudden dad is God. But now my son is 19 years old. And now he looks at his dad kind of like, eh. like I see yes. him when I see him, but he really has, he sees him for who he is now. And, mm. and that's sad. I think that's really sad because he could have done better, you know, especially now that he is older and Dominic is an adult who still could be there for his son much, much more. I bet, you know, rather, you know, not have somebody in your life that's shallow and empty and unable to connect with you, you know, than kind of constantly feeling, what do I have to do for them to love me? You know, but to love oneself and go, I don't need that. Well, yes. Yeah. And that's yeah. where he's at now. So I'm kind of, I'm at peace with that. I'm like, okay. At least he knows that it's not him. Yeah. It's not a reflection on him. So you're in a, a, a shelter on Skid Road, which goes, you do the complete circle later on and going into serve, which I love the way the universe does that, right? It, isn't a, that crazy? Yeah, it's really cool. Yes. Um, but, you know, what was the, you know, now you, you've got to not only find a home, you've got to find a job. You're young. You can't go back to the parents because it'd be, I told you so. You know, what was the next step from there? I actually, I talk about this in my book. So when I was about 14 to, I want to see, actually 12 to 14, I was an explorer for the police department. I wanted to become a police officer. So all those explorers you work with all the time doing this volunteer stuff, you know, and I got to know everybody. A lot of those people went off and became officers. So here I am on Skid Row, and there was times when you have to line up the shelter, women and children go first. But if there is no room for you, that's where all those tents come into play outside. I don't know if you've seen Skid Row or not or seen mm. videos of it. It's horrific. Probably movies and things, but it's it's horrific. But um, there was times when we were outside sleeping, and there was times when we were inside sleeping. But when I, one day when I was outside, the police um, the police uh, station is directly across the street, and um, this officer comes up to us, and he he recognized me, and he was like, "What are you doing out here?" And I was like looking at him like, oh my gosh. And I told him what had happened. 
and he took me to the welfare center and I, he put me up in a hotel and he called my mom mm-hmm. who I hadn't spoken to in probably at least six months, seven months. And all of a sudden the hotel, um, the hotel, uh, uh, phone rings. And when I answered it, it was my mom. And she said, have you had enough? <laughs> she was referring to the yeah. father of my <laughs> of my son. And I told her, I said, I haven't talked to him in months. I haven't seen him and I don't want to, I'm over it. I just want to go home. So my car, I had a car and I had no brakes on it. When I tell you I had no brakes, like it was squealing everywhere I went and it was sitting underneath the shelter because I didn't have insurance. I couldn't afford it. And um, I was applying for jobs left and right, but I didn't have anybody to watch my son. So it was yes. really a tech 22. And, and now they have programs in place, which I did utilize, you know, once I moved back with my mom, I moved back with her for about a month. I got a job selling cars and then I got my own place. And then I utilized the system to, uh, you know, they substitute, they subsidize some of the, um, the daycare expenses and grocery expenses until you're able to do it all yourself. It's like a stepping, a stepping stone program. And if you use it, how it's supposed to be, then it works. And that's what I did to get on my feet. I sold cars about a year. And studying at the same time or? Yes. I went to college right away. Um, I, I was standing on the point when you sell cars, they call it a point when you stand out there waiting for cars to come in Mm -hmm. and this Mm -hmm. guy pulls up in this really old truck and he's wearing overalls with chewing on a straw. Like, (laughs) like you'd see in a movie, right? Straight out of the hilly billies. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And he told me that he has been there since 1986, which was the year I was born. And he told me that, you know, he knew Roy Rogers, which was a guy that they named the city after. Like, it was just a crazy story. And I looked around at the people that I was selling cars with. And I said, I am not going to be here in 20 or 30 years. There's no way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And after the conversation, I turned around, I went inside and I'm a first generation college graduate. So I had no clue what I was doing, Mm -hmm. but I turned around, I went inside, I went on the computer and I signed up for college and I started, I think a week later and I never stopped. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I said, I'm getting out of here. You know, you look at the people that were selling cars and they were all smokers. They were all drinkers and oh goodness. Are you there? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, it says my battery's dying. I don't know why. Um, they're all smokers and all drinkers. And I I was like, I don't want to be here. You know, I, I definitely don't want to be here uh, in 20 years. And I wanted more for my son and I. And yeah, got out of it. I got my first degree. And then I started working for the government. Uh, the government does not pay that much. And it, it was bad. It was really bad. I mean, I was like almost back to minimum wage again, but then I had the benefits of healthcare, had the benefits of um, uh, a lot of room for, for growth and 401k and a Roth. And so I decided to stick it out. I would borrow gas money sometimes from my boss. <laughs> and then I uh, got my second degree, my bachelor's degree. And with that, I started my first paralegal business and that went very, very well. And then I started a second one. So I had two paralegal businesses in two different counties and I almost quit the government job to do that full time because it was much more lucrative than working for the government. But then everything went online. Everything that I was doing went online. And so I had to readjust again, Mm -hmm. (laughs) shut down my businesses. And um, then I got my third degree and I just kept moving up through the government. 
and I became an analyst, which was my ultimate goal. And when I became an analyst, I hated it and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that, you know, I was there again, but throughout that time, um, I moved a lot. And like I said, it wasn't very lucrative. There was times where my son and I would live in the car and I would go back to dancing. Uh, dancing was something that I did intermittently pole dancing intermittently. It was very quick money and it was very good money. And it wasn't something I did full time up until about 10 years ago. Um, that's when I quit, when I quit the government, I was like, this is much more lucrative and I think I can get ahead in my future. I've got my degrees. I have, I can always go back to the government. That's what I always thought. You know, I can always fall back on my degrees and go back if I needed to, but it ended up being the best decision I ever made. There and is then, good money in it. It's also a great study of human nature at the same <laughs> yes, time. It is. It is, it is. Um, so, I mean, were you still running your business as well at the same time or you just... Um... The paralegal business? Yeah. I had to shut those down because everything... So I, what I was doing was criminal expungements and I was charging about $500 to do it. And it was me and I had one employee. She, she did the uh, translation, the Spanish translations for me, but everything was great. And then when everything went online, they could do it for 50 bucks yeah. online. And I did, I was like, this is crazy because it was something I really specialized in. I had a hundred percent success rate and I was really getting my name out there, but it was like, you know, life threw a curveball at me again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had to figure it out again. But um, no, after that, I knew that I wanted to be in, you know, criminal justice and the law. I had politics. I had a very, very big passion for it. And, um, yeah, I just, I realized that once I had, I guess, infiltrated through the government and the systems in there, I realized that it wasn't what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. And I felt like my integrity was compromised mm -hmm. and I wasn't happy anymore. And I realized that it was kind of a smokescreen. I wasn't, I wasn't happy anymore. Yes. 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 Very disappointing. When we look at the word government, very often there's a big question mark next to it. Yeah. 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 People exactly. going with good intentions, but can those good intentions stay? And, uh, you know, it's when people talk about, you know, kind of overhauling, not overthrowing, but overhauling the government. I do agree yeah. with that because there's been too much, you know, turn the other cheek or, you know, pass the hand or pass the buck rather than the justice. And I think, uh, you know, it's time for us, I think, as as a human race to, you know, what do we stand for? You know, yes. where, where is our integrity? Where is our dignity? Where is our respect? Yeah. Our self-value, right. value for others. And, and when we start answering those and it's like, okay, maybe I need to work on myself. And in doing so, you know, then I'll know how in order to serve other people. But, you know, it's, it's always... Um, it's always those outside expectations rather than the inside uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink that's uh, trying to show you the way. But they're all there yeah. for a reason, though, aren't they, though? Uh, yes. I, uh, you know, I, I said an oath and when I started with the government and I was very serious about it. I took my job very seriously and I ended up blowing the whistle three times, mm. three times I blew the whistle. And it boggled my mind because I walked out of the government saying, am I going crazy? Am yeah. I wrong? And then here we are years later and all this stuff is coming to surface now. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, I was right. And these people were just going to work to collect a check. And these are the people that are, that are representing us. And it's just yes. mind boggling. It's absolutely mind boggling, but there's no way to fix it because everybody's protected by the union. So mm -hmm. they can do, excuse my language, but they can do a half-assed job and there's no repercussions for it. You know, you can write somebody up all day long and they'll never get fired. It's just, it, it is the most, 
insane work environment you could ever imagine. And the fact that these are the people that are supposed to be running our country and our state yeah. and our city is insane. And, and the corruption is people are, people, they live for greed. They live for money mm-hmm. instead of, Opulence instead of having power. integrity. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it just, it, boggles my mind of how people think and what drives them and motivates them. And I said, this is not the place for me. And I had more integrity being an elite companion and more integrity dancing on a pole, enjoying my life than sitting behind a desk being fake and, and doing the bare minimum. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I got- yeah, I, I'm, it's, you know, it's kind of rather like the bully that puts on the uniform, um, yes. either, either military or police. I've done many, many yes. shows on on you know th- things that they have done but because they wear the uniform you know they've been exempt from it no accountability yes. and it yes. seems to me that people go into politics today for what they can gain and they forget you're a civil servant serving your people and this isn't about us now serving you or you being self-serving yeah right and there that is it there was a quote from Harry Truman and I mean, not word for word, but I believe it says, show me a rich politician and I'll show you corruption. And I'm telling you that is 100% true. I never forgot it because it really stuck with me. There is just no way possible. And the things that I've seen, that I've seen, insane, yeah. just insane. It, and, you know, yeah. We're seeing, you know, like, uh, I don't think ever, there was a great show called the New- the newsroom back in uh, 2010 and okay. I, 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 yeah highly recommenders they did three seasons of it and it's kind of the transition from kind of telling the news as it is educated proper reporting you know um, respectful accountability news to sponsors coming in dictating what you can and cannot say and yes. kind of that transition where it started changing and it's like the the narrative we can't believe anything we see or anything we hear anymore it's like we've got to trust our feeling does it feel right because what we see and what we hear is just mouths moving and empty words but where's the action and you know you're in your country at the present moment with what's what's the latest thing orange jesus um you know that (laughs) somebody's called him um you know it's like you look at that and as a even semi-intelligent rational human being and go what the heck has gone wrong and you know i think what has gone wrong is that everybody's pointing the finger going it's your fault your fault your fault and three fingers that are pointing back at you and saying Where's your accountability? Where's your responsibility? What are you going to do about it? No, no, they don't want to do that because that's too much work for them to work on themselves. Too much work to to be in their own self-discovery of their own self-worth and what their contribution is, really. It's easier to point fingers and get rah, rah, rah and down the hate rhetoric uh, or, you know, the sensational rhetoric. And uh, because they think that it takes less energy, but they don't realize they're burning fuel um at a much higher level than those that choose to live on the plane that we're living on which is a great deal more peaceful and because we've chosen accountability and responsibility yes couldn't agree with you more so we're there so obviously now you've gone from government and you're pole dancing and etc and i suppose you know there comes like um oh, she's fallen low, or she's done this, she's done that, right? You know, you've gone backwards. And it's like, 
Uh, Not really. <laughs> right, exactly. It's uh, you're playing on the, you know, the what of men. Uh, some just want to live out a fantasy. Some, you know, really do have issues. But, you know, you're getting very, very well paid uh, to kind of do an art because it is an art, right? A yeah. dancer is an art. This is a, just a form of it. And, yeah. But, of course, you know, people absolutely love to judge first. Oh, how, yeah. how did All that play out for you amongst family, friends, and just where you wanted to go from there? Not very well. Could you hold on one moment? Because for yes. some reason, my outlet's not working, and I don't know why. So yep. I'm going to go pause and let you go and do that. We're back. We're plugged in and ready to get back to, to business. So, <laughs> to, um, the lovely word judgment and, and, uh, persecution and all of that that people love to step into you know kind of throw people on the fire pit burn them at the stake and all of that type yeah. of thing you know uh, you know yeah of course I still do too love you know it, it's just <laughs> it's it's what we call the third dimension as they you know they have not um, risen yet they haven't yes, woken no. yet and so they still live in in judgment blame hate and uh, and self-loathing um, yeah. So unfortunately, we can just send a prayer to them, but you know we can't listen to them. But I know it must be hard, you know. Because, it, it, you is. Know. it is hard. Um, you know, the at first when I was dancing, I don't think my family judged me too much. They saw the money that I had coming in and what I was doing with it. And and that's another thing is a lot of people have a misconception like, okay, I'm getting this money, but I'm out buying purses or shoes or blowing the money and. Like I said, I, I've never done drugs. I don't drink. And all my money, I've built businesses. Yeah. Every single every single time, you know, I, right now, I'm building businesses. Like, it's always a journey for me of like, okay, what can I do with this? Because it's not going to last forever. Right. So um, with dancing, I mean, it provided my son a beautiful education. He went to the most prestigious um, private school. He had a tutor for every course. So I put a lot into his education. Very, very, very smart kid now. Um, and we lived in a beautiful home and, and I started a, a maid business and a carpet and grout cleaning business. I had 65 employees. So I was able to provide 65 people with food in their mouths and, yes. you know, a, a home for them and their children. And that was, that was nice. Yes. <laughs> But yes. I learned to, to, to hone into my business skills. I mean, building a ground, building businesses from the ground up is very hard, but it's, uh, it's a journey of, of what you learn, what you can do and what your limitations mm -hmm. are. And you really have no limitations, you know, whatever you put your mind to, you can do it, but it's very, very hard to do. And I loved it and I really embraced it. And it was something that I realized I had a major passion for it. You know, I did a lot of investments, which is what I, why I wrote my investment book. I started investing when I was homeless, mm. you know, and people say, you know, like you can't, um, how do you save money when you're living check to check? And I figured out how to do it. You know, the, a lot of people, you know, um, go from school and they go into, you know, high level education and they go and study for years and then they go and join a firm and they climb, climb the ladder yeah. and then they reach a monocum of success or all that. But, you know, people that have kind of come from the world of hard knocks and redirections, you yeah. know, there's there's a different type of gut instinct. There's a different type of awareness of what's needed. There's a different approach to people that you do hire. <laughs> 
uh, because you you know what their struggles are and I think it's a it's a totally different journey to success and I think it's a success that hasn't followed the mainstream you know you fought for it so that everything you've got is something that you can be extremely proud of yeah um, and and it's something that also you have a broader spectrum of understanding what it is yes yes I yeah the, the knowledge I've gained from the numerous jobs that I've done and the numerous adventures I've been yes. through, you know, <laughs> is I, you can't get it from a regular education. You can't get it from a brick and mortar school. You know, it's, it's school of street, uh, of the streets, <laughs> you yes. know, yes. And, and books. Yes. But life um, of hard knocks. Yes. And life of hard knocks. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's, you know, that's kind of the best way for, for me. I mean, that's the, been the journey I agree. that I've had. I you know, agree. it's like um, I was a very sickly child. I didn't finish school. And so it was like, oh, just hope she makes a, a, a good marriage. She's never going to accomplish anything. So oh. at first it was nobody ever thinks I can accomplish anything. Um, and then it was, well, good. Nobody expects anything from me. So I've got more freedom and liberty just to explore. And then... <laughs> You know, I guess, and, and I, uh, you know, I've, I've uh, owned restaurants, I've worked in restaurants, I've owned a dress store, I've worked really? in the, I've been in the, uh, I was the first uh, mobile DJ or second mobile DJ in South Africa, but the first go-go dancer in South Africa when I was there. And, oh you know, uh, and I've done a lot of things and a lot of it is like, huh, interesting. Why not? Let's just do it. And then other things stepped into exactly. secretarial. No, no, no. I'm no good at this. Like, <laughs> I'm dyslectic and I can't spell and grammar, forget it, wrong thing. And it's like, okay. But then I realized there was a common denominator of everything that I had going through it. And that is a, a soul awakener that's always been there, but also understanding customer service, what people really needed. It didn't matter what the product was. I was the first woman rep for mobile oil. Did I know about the oil composition? Nada, nothing, right? <laughs> Zip. But I knew what customer service was. I knew that really they they knew the oil. They would choose the oil they want, right? right. But it was, it was the service they were getting. How reliable was it? How courteous was it? Am I listening to the customer? And I actually got fired from jobs by my bosses because I either went over the head or I proved to them that he wasn't doing <laughs> the job and then get offered their jobs. No, I don't want their jobs. I just want them to do their job. So <laughs> as you were a kind of that whistler, I was a shaker upper without realizing yes. I was. And then, you know, I've shaken you up. You realize what's important. Now I'm gone. <laughs> On yes. to the next thing. <laughs> but I didn't even know I was doing that. It was only in the hindsight that when we're writing the memoir and looking at things and going, it doesn't matter all the dozens of things I've done. Yes. You know, it, it is the experiences that I've gathered along the way, yes. again, have set me up for what I'm doing today. But they also want fill you up and round you out and make you who you are. Yes. And if you can stand tall in who you are with self-love, with appreciation for the journey that you've taken yes. and the, the gratitude of the gift of where you are right now with what you've got. Hallelujah, yes. right? Hallelujah. Yes. We've had a very similar path. You and I. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I have plenty of judgment along that way. You know, it's, it's, um, but, uh, and, and I wasn't smart. I mean, you know, I couldn't do degree, degrees or things like that because um, I just, I'm not a, I don't retain information like that. I retain different things. I, I retain vibration. 
not okay. that vibration becomes the information, not book information. So right. it wasn't for me to be that kind of scholar. I was a soul awakener and I was here as a soul awakener. Uh, and I was always on that spirit journey. But for me, being the spiritual person um, was not sexy or popular. And of course, I would be called a witch and have been called many other things through life. <laughs> <laughs> and or that she's an oddball she's different and but now we're in an era we're waking up and yes. stepping into this beautiful arena it's you're way ahead of your time i was, you I, I, I was, here, I was here to open the door for many people and that was my there job right and now when people do wake up as you said that cosmic two by four is suddenly uh hello hello yeah. hello right you realize actually you've been doing it all along with every business and every decision you've made. The gut instinct, the soul instinct was there. Your head just didn't know you were listening. Yes. Yes. And when you realize, sure. put the wisdom and the knowledge together, whoo, powerful combination. Very, very. Wow, you and I had a very similar path. <laughs> well you know wasn't I have been homeless yes I have been homeless but that wasn't with a child because I, I chose to stay to keep the roof over our head however rocky that was but yeah you know it's um I, I do know what it's like to be down and out and all of that but it's again all of that everything that we've been on you know I look back on some things I go oh god did I have to learn that lesson <laughs> <You know? laughs> really and god what was I thinking you know <laughs> And uh, but it is like being able to look back on it and realize that that was not healthy for you. That was not good for you. Uh, it becomes a um, well, well, I never will do that again because your your antennas are up. They're not going to yeah. take you down that path. Right. Yes. Yes. You're not going to repeat that relationship. Never. <laughs> <laughs> I, told, I was telling my sister um, yesterday, actually, because her son reminds me of me so much, you know, just always has to learn his lesson the hard way. <laughs> Very hard-headed. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I said, I feel like he's living my life all over again. And I said, but don't worry too much about him. Like, he'll make it. He'll be fine. You know, he's just yes. learning the hard way. Sometimes some of us have to learn the hard way. <laughs> but but that's, you know, like you're, you're full circular going back to Skid Row and helping the hel uh, homeless. The reason why you that can help the homeless isn't your skill, is your compassion, is yeah. your understanding of the situation they're in. Other people can go in with their skill, but without right. the compassion and the understanding, are you really reaching them? Are you really able to help right. them? Yeah. And I remember telling some of them, like, I've been where you are. And they look at me like, yeah, right. I'm like, yeah. no, I really have. <laughs> You know, it was really interesting. So when I started doing the criminal expungements, a lot of people on the streets, there's many reasons why people are homeless. Yes. Some of them are, some of them are out of, there's down and out like I was. Yep. Some of them don't have IDs and they can't get any resources mm -hmm. or benefits. Some of them are running from the law. This mm -hmm. is a true story. I mean, there's many reasons why they're out there. So the ones that had a, had a criminal record that had no ID and their criminal record was from 10 to 20 years ago. In the state of California, you can do a criminal expungement, which really helps you. It helps you with your career. It helps you everywhere. Um, so I went back to Skid Row to do that for those people. And I didn't know it was Skid Row. I just found a volunteer opportunity and I drove down to LA and I was like, oh my gosh, this is where I used to live at. And it was I couldn't believe it was good. Yes. 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 There I was helping people 
hopefully to get off the street. Who knows what they did with it? But you know, I mean, there I are some people that it. you know. We have a huge homeless uh, problem here because I'm sure, like in America, but here we, you know, um, our accommodation here is short. We don't have enough, and also it is so extremely high that even yeah, people, uh, even people, you know, working two family people working this second only for a one bedroom. It is ridiculous. It's got so Inflation out of proportion. It yes. is, but but it, it's also greed, you know, and especially through, oh, yeah. you know, through oh, COVID yeah. and things, uh, landlords and things, you know, put the prices up. And instead of the government saying, OK, no, we you've got to go back to proportional uh, instead of jacking up and gouging. Um, it's, you know, now they're going a different route and it's, you know, come on, folks, that doesn't work. That's not working. And it never seems to be that common sense kind of steps in. And I think that, you know, when somebody who's come from, the roads that you've been on um, and you've worked with the people, you've lived with the people, you uh, know the people that have had the struggles, those that are willing to pick themselves up over and over again, those that don't know how to pick themselves up, those yeah. that don't know, you know, that are just waiting for someone to tell them what to do because they just have no idea. When you have that knowledge and the knowledge that you have with all your degrees and all the empowerment that you have, you now you can truly and utterly speak for those people in a way that you are representing who they are and why they are because you understand and you can speak in a language on the other side of the things to make people understand. A lot of people think that people that are homeless are, oh, it must be drug addicts and criminals and this and that. There's no quick to judge. Yeah. No, nobody grows up and goes, I'm going to be a criminal and live on the street. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, and I've interviewed quite a number of people that have ended up in jail or were on the street kind of one step away from this or that or, you know, somebody's daughter who uh, got shot but went back to the street until she was murdered. You know, some oh. people are kind of constantly keep throwing themselves back into the, into the river, you know, and just want to drown. But all those people that either went to jail or had that something happen where they lost everything, they go, thank you. Thank you for that redirect. Yeah. I was living a lie. I was hating my life and what I was doing. And that losing it all or bottoming out or the wake up, the shake up really kind of put me back on track to really where I'm meant to be and what I'm meant to be yes. doing. And that, that's such a beautiful gift, isn't it? At any age, at yeah. any time. Yes. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think when I went into porn, I was, I just did a very, very uh, small stint in porn. It was like a year and a half, but uh, I, that was a, it was different than I ex had expected. Mm -hmm. And that was a very rude awakening for me. And I realized that was not part of my life path. It wasn't part of my journey. And I got out of it right away, but um, it went back to the greed. I saw a lot of greed, a lot of people chasing fame and clout over money. And I'm like, I'm just trying to line my pockets. Like this yeah. isn't doing it, you know? Yeah. And, and so I got out of that real quick, but it also led me to being an elite companion. I had no clue about this whole world that I'm in now. And it changed my whole life, changed my whole life. Absolutely I, love it. Absolutely. You know, that again, the people that, throw the stones of the people that generally feel the most insecure about themselves right true, true. So, yeah and or live in a sense of false righteousness um 
that or they just don't have an understanding of what they it don't is have you an know? understanding and um, but but it, it that self-righteousness does come from uh, a lack of self-worth or a lack of self-understanding right True. they have yeah. they haven't kind of discovered who they are yet or, they haven't evolved yeah haven't evolved because they're they're with the masses and so if the masses turns against it's like you know we we look at celebrities we put them up on pedestals but the moment something goes wrong in their life, we pull that pedestal from underneath them, right? Horrible. And it's yeah. like, oh, are you for real? Right? And it's like, right. it takes courage for a celebrity that's at the top of the game to say, I suffer from bipolar or depression. Yeah. Or, I, you know, I'm a drug addict or, or this or that, because everybody has an illusion of who they are. Yes. And, and suddenly the reality is there. And people don't want to accept reality. They prefer nope. to have the illusion because... They're still living in a delusional life themselves, right? So, yes. Yes. Yeah. So Absolutely. you know, don't don't uh, you know don't ever be hurt by the stones cast because they're not coming from a place of enlightenment. I try not to. I think over the last year, I've gotten a much tougher skin, grown some tough skin over the last year, and realized that I mean, even some self-reflection on myself because it's like, you know, I may look at somebody's situation and not feel sorry for them or, you know, judge them for it. But then I think about it and I'm like, mm, that could be me, you know, yes. or that could have been me. And if I didn't have the knowledge I have today, that, that would be me, you know? So I've learned to, to not cast judgment on people. And, and I hope that, you know, other people do that as well. It's me, but yeah. I mean, we have no, me we have no power over the, what the people's thoughts are. Right, right, right. You know, their opinion is their opinion. All we ask is they, they keep it to themselves. Yes. Right? <laughs> keep it to yourself. Exactly. But, you know, it's a, there's always going to be somebody that you displease. And, yes. But, you know, when you come from a place of authenticity, this is who I am. I stand tall in who I am, in what I do, mm. and what my accomplishments are. You either see them or you don't see them. Yes. That is, that is, of really no concern to you it's like when these podcasts go out who listens to them what they do with them is out of my yep. hands right yeah so all we can be is just stand tall on who we are and what we yeah. are doing and you know let water off a duck's back you know let let yep. that fall off the duck's back but also to understand um i had another wonderful woman who um it became a prostitute was living on the street but kind of the ugly side of it and that's yeah. because she had these constant voices in her head and it ended up being a spirit entity that wanted to speak through her and she was put in a nut house and this and that was crazy and finally that breakthrough came through and when she recognized oh no i'm meant to be this vessel i'm meant to be this vessel for this other entity and now she's on a totally different trajectory you know where oh, she wow. ended up but it it was the perceiving that she was mad or crazy or something wrong with her when yeah. society backed that up that she didn't listen to the voice and yeah. what it was trying to say to her she needed that cosmic two by four so it's like pay attention to what's going on on the inside right pay attention yeah. yes absolutely and it's like no matter what I'm doing for for money as long as I have integrity and I'm being ethical and I'm not hurting anybody and nobody's hurting me and I'm not hurting myself I'm happy exactly. you know? and that's all that matters you choose positive <laughs> living because it's your choice and that means yeah. that you are empowered in that choice it's not a choice yes. being made for you 
it's Correct. your choice. So the empowerment is in that choice. And at any time, it doesn't feel right. You have the choice to leave. Yes. Yes. Right. I'll never, I'll never forget the feeling that I had working for the government. And let me tell you, it was the most miserable time of my life. Out of all the times I've been homeless, the times that I couldn't afford groceries or I'm begging for gas money or I'm dancing on a pole with blisters on my feet. You know, I... I, I will never forget the feeling I had when I worked for the government and it was um, the integrity, the ethics, it was gone, you know, and that's not how I want to live my life. And now I'm finally living it the way I want to, and I'm happy. And so that is what it is. You know, people can judge as much as they want to, but I love what I do and I'm happy. How does your son feel about it? Because obviously he loves you and you've put all this, everything that you've gained, you've put into his education. Yes. Does he get rigged by other people? you know well, peers or uh, has he learned to have a thick skin on that yes yes um when he was in high school uh he wouldn't let me go to his high school at all and um he said you don't look like other moms and I'm like okay fair enough but then when he found out I I hid the whole porn from him mm. at first when I was dancing I hid that from him until he realized that I told him I said Dominic do you realize that like you know I drive I, I don't have to ask for gas money anymore um we're not, we're not scrounging for groceries anymore. Like, and I was only doing it every other weekend at the time, but it was still lucrative. I was making yeah. five to 10 grand every other weekend, wow. you know? Yeah. Wow. Catching up on, I had all my bills paid off. So I would, it was a good life for him. Mm-hmm. And then he finally came to terms with it and he was like, okay. He's like, well, can we just not tell anybody that's what you do? And I said, okay. So he went through his, his high school years, not telling anybody that's what I did. Then when he got to college, um, that's about when I started porn. I didn't tell him for a long time. And then one of his friends recognized me uh-huh. and yeah, yeah, that was a bad day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a bad day. So he was very upset about that. And he was like, how embarrassing. And I said, you know what? That's fine. I said, I'll stop. I'll return our cars and we can go back to living in a small apartment and I'll go back to dancing on a pole. And he was like, no, and I was like, you're living a great <laughs> life, aren't you? Like, you know, because I, I told him, and that's kind of when we had the conversation of, you know, you can do whatever you want in life. Don't hurt anybody. Don't, you know, be be ethical, have integrity about what you're doing. Don't still lie or cheat to make your money. And you're not doing anything wrong. And, own it. Own it. Yes, own it. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's how he lives his life now. You know, I as long as he's not lying, stealing, or cheating to make a living and he feels integrity and he feels good with what he's doing. I don't care what he does. I want him to be happy. And that's the good lesson that he learned. And now he just embraces what I do and doesn't really care. He doesn't care because he's very proud of me because of where we, where we come from. You know, right. he remembers you know, the struggles that we went through. He remembers, remembers the time that we lived in the car and showered at the gym. Like these are, we'll never be there again ever and and he knows that and he's very grateful for that he he looks at me like I'm really smart he reads my investment book he asks me questions we talk every day and he actually listens to me at his age I was not listening to my mom at all you know but I I I appreciate that he actually believes in me and trusts me and and um yeah he's he's proud of who I am now I have another genre called central expressions, which we could easily have put the show under as well. But also you, you're a very central being, right? And you know, the, the difference between sensual and sexual. There's some people that just- Oh, I'm across, very sensual, yeah. Right, so some people come and they're just sexy, sexy, sexy. But the central is something that you embody all of your senses. 
and you yes. exude those senses that come out very, 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 very centrally. And it's a totally different thing. And that sensuality, why shouldn't you own it? Why shouldn't you be it? Why shouldn't you be able right. to be your central expression? Right? right. Where If it makes you feel good, it makes other people feel good. Um, that's your ownership. And again, we, we've got this double standard where men are allowed to be sexy. But if women are sexy, there's a fine line between, no, not too sexy or not too, you know, and yeah. I don't know. It's about the sensuality. Yes. Not, not the sexuality, the sensuality. And that I think is uh, so empowering. It's very funny that you say that actually, um, because I am a very sensual person and I don't think anybody's ever said that to me other than a man that I've spent time with. So it's very interesting that you actually get that from me and we're on a podcast. Like that's, <laughs> that's really cool. Very, very cool. But yes, I'm very sensual. But, but you bring that sensuality to everything that you do. And again, that okay. sensuality is being in tuned of all of your senses, right? Yes. And doing everything from that central passion, which doesn't mean sex fornication. It is central living in everything yeah. that you do. And that's what a makes you successful but also makes you connective where people can relate and uh, you know it's invitational because so many people are so scared to step into this sensuality because they're scared of how I'm, I've had this in my life where living in my sensuality as an exuberance for life and a passion and love for life is perceived as an open invitation for sex and I get, no, you're getting the wrong message. You're thinking yeah. with an, a different apparatus than I am. I'm li- <laughs> you know, I'm coming at you with the being of me and you're thinking of something else. And, uh, you know, it's, it's because they're not stepping into that. They translate everything into sex. So, you know, when people look at somebody who's sensual living, that's truly living life completely fully, right. look at them as somebody that has tapped into everything and, and yeah. brings the everything of who they are and celebrate yeah. that maybe even kind of learn something from it because it's not all about sex no no it's not it's not not at all not at all and being an elite companion you know i i just spent a week with a gentleman and i it's my third time seeing him we still have never had sex he's going yes. through a very bad bad divorce right now and he was drinking nonstop. and i don't drink so he really enjoys my company because We'll watch movies. We've been watching Californication that came out, I think, in 2007. Yeah. I've never seen it before. <laughs> We've been watching the whole series, like, every day. I love it. And I've cooked him breakfast and lunch and dinner. Just really pampered him, you know, just been that companion for him. Yes. And it's, I've just seen a complete turnaround from him. Yeah. I mean, from the time that we met and he was literally drinking nonstop and I'm like, this guy has a problem. He'd wake up and drink. He'd go to bed drinking. And this last time that I was there, he was like, I'm going to stop drinking. I was like, okay. You know, it's like, you know, you do what you want. I don't judge you, but I'm here for you. Yeah. And it was, this last trip was just great. It was great. And I, and now he wants to take me to Paris, France and I've never been. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited to go. Yeah. And this, I just love what I do. I hope that I can change his life. You know, I hope that he finds a woman one day once he's over this heartache that he's going through, you know, through the divorce. And he finds a woman that, one day that makes him happy. Cause I think that he deserves that really good man, really, really good man. You are quintessentially that counselor for him. But oh, yeah. Of, you know, the th- 350 bucks uh, an hour on the couch, tell me about your mother. You know, yes. you, you're allowing him to offload or just a safe space. Yes. Just to just be and rediscover who he is, 
rediscover yes. what he was because clearly he went down a rabbit hole. He got completely lost. Right? Yes. Uh, he's feeling shattered. You know, where yeah. do I go now? Where did I go wrong? Where did... And he needs that safe space for someone to just say, I'm here for you. I'm here yeah. for you. And how many and people every... get that in life, right? Yes. And he's lucky that he can afford it. But yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm very happy, though, that I met him because I didn't realize, you know, when, when you meet somebody as you're doing this, you don't know what you're walking into. You know, it's also a very dangerous job. Yes. You don't know what you're walking into. And when I met him, I was kind of like, okay, he's got some issues here. What's going on? You know, and I usually, my website specifically says no hard drugs and um, no alcohol. So I was like, hmm, what do I do with the situation? Right. And I realized the second time I went and saw him, I'm like, I wonder if we, he took me out to a nice steak restaurant and he was like, you don't want a glass of wine or anything? I said, I don't drink. And he's like, I used to not drink. I, I quit drinking for a long time. And then I, that's when we went down a rabbit hole of what made you start drinking again. And it was this divorce and it just yes. really worked him. And I think people look at men, like they're these strong men and nothing, nothing affects them. Yes. But I mean, I went through a heartbreak and it hurts and men go through the same thing. And I think he's very, very hurt about this divorce that he's going through. And she's just dragging him through the ringer. I mean, she is just not being nice to him and it's tearing him apart. So I'm glad that I can be that little buffer for him. And I'm glad to see him on the path of being sober right now. This last trip was amazing. I've never seen him sober, you know, but it was great. We had a great time. So You're honoring him and helping him go for his own self-discovery. Right. Yes, so as I said, I, it is a form of, you know, of, of a support system. Um, so whether you are counseling or whether you're just giving that space or whether you're just showing him, let's peel away the alcohol, let's peel away the anxiety, who's within, it's safe to come out. And, yes. you know, as women, we generally go and find other girlfriends or people that we can talk to and we're willing to talk. But with men, there's always this facade that you've got to be yes. this and that. And they don't know how to talk with someone else. You know, yes. slowly that's beginning to break down a little bit where men are beginning to talk with other men. But we don't want them to go down the bitter comparison lane we want them to go down the lane of of um empowerment self-empowerment yes. of you know coming back to self or rediscovery yourself or discovering something totally new about self and getting to that place where they can deal with whatever's thrown at them because they're at peace with who they are but they need sometimes just a safe place a safe person to be around. Yes, fortunately, they can afford that. Not everybody yes. can, obviously. <laughs> so there's plenty of people that would need your services that couldn't afford it. But the it's money well spent because it is it is an investment in themselves. Yes. Through you just being there for them. So the journey of stripping brought me to a journey of corn. Corn brought me to being an elite companion. And I'm sorry, my son keeps calling me. And the Elite Companion brought me to, I just opened up a, um, sorry, my son keeps calling me, it's distracting me, <laughs> um, uh, life coaching. So I just opened up a life coaching because my sister said that I changed her whole life, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I feel like that's my, this is my calling. My calling is to help people have that spiritual awakening. My calling is to help people find themselves and, um, and evolve. And I think life coaching would be great for me. So I just started doing that. And I hope that I can continue on that path. I think 
I think what I'm doing as a companion, literally the same thing, but in person. Yeah. And, and it's amazing and I love it. And if I can just change one person's life, you know, I think it'd be great. So. And especially people that have in any shape or form come from your walk of life, because we want to be drawn to people that have an understanding of choices we've made, of directions we've been in without the judgment. And so, you know, people that have taken the similar path to you, that want to change their life, but they don't want, you know, there was a certain part of it that they loved, or there was an expression of self and an empowerment of self. How did they bring that into another arena? How did they yeah. take that somewhere else? And it's like, you know, it's, it's showing them that they are so much more and they can be so much more, but still bringing that same passion along with them. And very often people just don't know. I want, I want a new direction, but I have no idea where to go. Right. I think we've all been there. I think we've all been yes. there. And I wish I would have had somebody like me in my life when I was at that point. I think it would have been where I'm at right now would have been fast paced, you know, it would, yes. have, would have definitely been much, much quicker for that spiritual awakening. But um, I hope I can be there for somebody else. I hope I can help somebody. Well, you, you, you weren't somebody. meant to have somebody there for you at that time because you are meant to be somebody yes, there. Right. right. You know, and, and it's like, you know, the, the best teachers are those that have, that have gone through it. All right. Because the, there, is, there are some people though that hit rock bottom, mm -hmm. like, like I have. And like you said, they can't bounce back. They don't yes. know how to. Yes. And I feel like I'm very grateful that I went through everything I did and that I had that chance to bounce back and that I had that will and desire to, but there's some people that don't. And I really help, hope to help those people and be that, that stepping stone for them and be like, okay, look, you can do this or you can do that. And that's kind of why I wrote Susan Stilettos, you know, because I've been through so many ups and downs in my life. And I feel like I've been where a lot of people are today that feel like they can't climb out of that hole. And they can't, they really, really can. Yeah. Anybody can. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the, you've chosen to honor your centrality. And there are a lot of yeah. people from that industry where, you know, the, it, it, it takes more of a seedy avenue because it, it, that's they think that's the only avenue to go on instead yes. of no you can still live in your beautiful sensuality right uh, um any form of sensual worker but the, the most important thing is where's the empowerment of self yes. uh, you know have you stepped into the empowerment of self are you in control of your choices that there's the divine choices that they'll choose for you you think that you know you've laid out a plan and it laughs right? It will always redirect you to right. where you need to go. But it's being in tune with yourself is that I can choose to say yes or no to something and stand tall in it, own it with, and not worry about anybody else's opinion. Correct. Yes, absolutely. That's very, very empowering. A lot of people don't realize how empowering that is. There's so many people that I've known because I used to counsel to um, through the years and of course now with the podcasting that they wanted to make these changes so long ago, but they were so f fearful of, of people's opinions. Or, or they didn't know how because nobody else was doing it. And then they they, they become the how. Um, and they let go of the other people's opinions. But it took them years to do so. Right? Yes. And, we, and we like to yeah. speed up the process so you don't have yeah. to take years to go through that. Right? It's like when you know that you want change, when you know this isn't enough, I know I need to go in another direction then you need somebody especially when they've come from a different world to what mainstream yeah. world has come from then somebody like you who goes i get it i get it i understand you don't want to stay on this plateau 
you want to go somewhere else. Um, what are your skills? What's your ability? What's your passion? What's your why? What's your mission? And how do we yeah. take it somewhere else? Yes, yes. Yeah, it is very, very exciting. I'm so grateful. I show gratitude every day. I am so grateful for everything that I've been through, where I'm at today. I feel like I'm living a dream. <laughs> yes, yes. Living and and the, it's your dream. It's your choice. It's mm. your self-empowerment. You're standing tall in it. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. You know exactly. how you feel. You know the impact you're having. You know why you're doing it. Exactly. That in itself is so illuminating. Because how many people are living a life and doing a job or going through life? You can I don't feel in control. I don't feel it's my choice. I I just I don't I feel trapped and yeah. I don't know how to get out. And it's like they're screaming inside. Yeah. Right. And they just yeah. don't know who to go to to release yeah. themselves to find another path. But they've got to be willing to do the work, right? But sure. it's having yes. somebody there. Yes. So on any scale, whether somebody is looking for you for the elite um, escort or whether they're looking for the coaching, how do they find you and what are you offering? Um, well, I have a fitness business now. <laughs> 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 uh, doing life coaching. And yes, I'm an elite companion um, and that's worldwide. But um, italiatornabeni.com is how you can locate me. And then Brianna Diamond is my stage name. So that's that was the porn name and the stripper name and turned into the elite companion name. So now I've got both up there. But both of those are the names in the .com or Instagram. Can you spell your name for people who are just listening, love? Sure. It's I-T-A-L-I-A. T as in Tom. O-R-N as in Nancy. A-B as in boy. E. And is a Nancy E. Italia Tornabeni. Dot com. Dot com. Right. Yes. And uh, and of course, um, um, you're on Facebook. Of course, you're on Instagram. Um, and your books are on Amazon. Well, the Easy Investing is already on Amazon. The uh, Suits to Silhouette uh, is about, about, uh, about to come out, right? Yes, yes. Siletto, sorry. <laughs> yes. I don't know why you want to go to silhouettes all the time. I'm stuck on that. Silhouettes <laughs> um, comes out at the end of February and it's just an autobiography. And it's hopefully to empower other people, but it's an autobiography. And then the easy investing book is my investment journey. And I'm still learning, but the little tiny investments that I've made have grown into thousands and it's amazing. Um, but yeah, all those you can find on my website as well. Great, you know, and you're a true example of you know the willingness to kind of take the dance in life and redirect and explore. I mean, one of the big problems with humanity is that people get so stuck in a groove, they forget to okay. explore. And like every day you wake up, you know, be grateful. I woke up. What does the yeah. day have for me? Yes. Right. I'm yes. ready to go explore, even if it's a bad day. Okay, all right, that day wasn't so great. That's fine. Uh -huh. Uh, tomorrow's going to be better because it's all about a, a gratitude attitude, isn't it? Yes, 
Yes. I always, you know, before I go to bed at night, I text my son and I say, how was your day today? And I'll ask him to tell me one thing he learned for the day and tell me two things that weren't good for the day. You know, like even if he had a bad day, I want to know something good happened, you know? So I've got that ingrained in his mind now. He's actually evolved. He's much more, he's, he's as spiritual as I am. And he's 19 years old. He's going to have Excellent. a great path, great life path, but yeah. Try to, because try they're to, the leaders of tomorrow. Oh uh, yeah. The more and more okay. of them that step in to this, you know, the, you know, when you look at all of the wars, all of the, all of the angst, all of the greed, all of the opulence, all of the power hungry, they're all insecure people who are lost, who are Very. not willing to take the journey. And when yes. we, and each and every one of us are willing to take that soul journey, you know, ignite our soul, ignite our heart, ignite our spirit, step into our beautiful purpose. Then yes. we realize that we're not only a solution to our own life, we're actually a solution to each other and to yes. the planet as a whole. So if we want to see peace in the world, we've got to find peace within us. If we want to find love, we've got to be the love and have love yes. for ourselves. And if we want to make those choices that are positive in life, then we've got to feed the positivity. And that doesn't yes. mean negativity doesn't happen. It just means you approach it in a totally different way. Yes. Right? Absolutely. So what you feed is going to grow. So look at what you're planting, folks. So you keep getting weeds. Maybe what you see is what you grow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and so many people keep planting seeds. So, so of course, um, the, the book can also be found at Suits to Stilouettes. I get it right. Stilouettes. <laughs> what is my problem with this word today? I don't know. Silhouettes. I am completely having a a a, a, a brain fart moment. Completely, <laughs> I know. But this is part of my dyslexia. Sometimes there's a word I can't get. Oh, that's right. You have dyslexia. Yeah. Okay. So, suits to stilettos is the the name the meaning behind the name of it is the government wearing suits. Yeah. To stilettos, the heels that I wore on stage. Yeah. Holding. So right. suits to stilettos. Right, stilettos. You see, I can get it, but I mean, you I got just, it, you I, got it, you I know, and I and I knew it all the time that I was putting your thing together, etc. I just don't know what it is, but you know, that that's I think something else that's important for people to know is that it's okay to screw up, own it, oh, yeah. laugh oh, about yeah. it, and then move on. Don't get. Oh, oh, but I'm not dyslexic, but there is words I literally cannot pronounce. Mm. I just can't say it. I mean, you can say it a million times and people will laugh at me. I'm like, yeah. it's not that hard. It's hard for me. I can't say it. I can go supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. But yeah, it's a, it's just, you know, I think that's, there's a lovely word I was introduced to some time ago called flawsome. And, you Flawed. know, flawsome, to be okay. flawed and to be awesome about it. Flawsome. Okay. And it's like, kind of look at yourself as a bowl that's being cracked and shattered along the get, along the way, but put it back together with self-love. And when you put all those cracks together back with self-love, you're a beautiful bowl that shows all the cracks, all that you've been through, but you've put everything back together with self-love. And now you are so strong and unbreakable. Yes, I love Ready that. Ready to receive the nectar in life. And that's the thing is like, be flawsome. Be I love flawsome. it. Be flawsome. <laughs> that's the new word of the day. <laughs> And the cat came back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, beautiful. A Siamese? No, she is a Sphinx. A oh, Sphinx, my goodness. He's yeah, a biggie, she's too. A... <laughs> she's a fatty. Ah, yes. We, we have fatty. one here, too. We have one here, like, too. Vicariously through her. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, that's my dog on the on the 
screen behind me. <laughs> yes, and actually, that's somebody that uh, Kathy Knopp, uh, an artist, painted for me for doing oh, a show yeah. with her, and uh, that little one saved my life. I bought, I got her to replace my husband, and she's the one that kind of brought me back to soul and heart. That oh. little one up there. So she's forever with me, even though she's been gone seven years. She's forever oh, with me. Right? So they never leave us. No. Whoops. Oh, we lost her. Okay, she may come back in. Well, folks, it looks like her phone finally gave up on her, so not to worry. But please do go and look for her books. It is, let's see if I can get this right, Sus to Stilettos by Italia Troberni. And also go to italiatorberni.com. Uh, and you can also go to Suits to Stilettos. Uh, Suits2Stilettos.com for her book. And her Easy Investment is also on Amazon. She's clearly had a very successful life of what she's been doing, loves doing it, and has actually owned everything that she's doing. So she's a great inspiration. So until next time, folks, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. There are so many more for you here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. Just go to the podcast tag at the top there and you will see all the many genres and all 3,000 shows ready for your listening. We are here to serve you, to help you on your journey of life. And we know that through inspiration, it begets invitation. We are supported by you, the listeners, and those that we interview. Anything that you can spare us in donation would be greatly accepted. And we do hope that you enjoy the next show.